Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I got a special guest today. She is the host of the Drop-In CEO podcast and the author of The CEO's Compass, your guide to getting back on track, Deborah Coviello. Deborah, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing amazing. It is a Friday. I am already thinking about the weekend, but I am so excited for this interview uh, with you. So thank you. Absolutely. Us too. And we're excited to have you on Clocked In. We're not here for, we heard a little bit about the bio, but there's so much more to you than that. Where does your story start for yourself? Oh, what an amazing question. And I often wonder, do I start with the personal or do I start with the business? But because we chatted a bit before we got on, I'm going to start with the personal. Um, you know, married to my best friend for over 33 years. Shout out to Dan Coviello, my silent business advisor on what I need to do to be building this business, Illumination Partners, and proud to have three amazing children. Hard parenting, they caused us problems while they were growing up, but they are becoming productive citizens, two boys, a girl. I am so grateful. Um, serve in the community. I do volunteer. I'm on the board of several professional organizations, American Society for Quality, Women in Flavors and Fragrance Commerce. I believe in giving back and seeing how I can elevate others. I mentor and I curl. And yes, curling is an athletic and Olympic sport for which I can't wait to talk about that some more. But that's me personally. I mean, uh, engineer by training, moved up within operations and manufacturing. A lot of war stories to tell you, but that's me buttoned up a little bit, cooking, uh, reading, walking, uh, and a dog named Reagan. That's me. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I do, guys. This is, there's going to be so much to unpack here. So, Deborah, let's start with, interesting enough, let's start with the marriage. Where did the marriage part start? Because 33 years is not something that, that's not a walk in, that's older than me. Like, that is not, (laughs) that's impressive. How do you guys keep it interesting? How does it stay amazing? Because the thing is here, that there's so many people that are in relationships where they don't want to be. And there's a lot of people that can't find that it person. So what is it that allowed you and Dan to just continue to prosper? 
So I still ask myself that question. And when we go back to our first date, and mind you, I met him when I was 16 and he was four years older than me. And after we spoke for two hours in an ice cream shop, I said to him, why did you ask me out? We've got nothing in common. Because he was like racing cars. He was already out of high school, doing all kinds of things and working, and I'm still a student. Why'd you ask me out? But, you know, over time, we were friends first. And it was not love at first sight, but we were interesting to each other because we were so different. But at the core, over time, the values were the same. So our children know that when they say, dad says no, don't ask mom because mom is unified. We have the same values. And again, then our kids have the same values. And I'll have, you know, they come back and say, mom, you know, you were right about that person because of the values we instilled. And now they have great critical thinking. So going back to it, friends first. And then I will say communication is really important because I didn't like to fight. I didn't like to express my opinion. And he comes from a really loud Italian Irish family and everybody lets it out. And I don't. So one day, when we were married only a couple years, he was pushing my buttons. He knew I was upset at something and I wouldn't argue with him. And he really pushed my buttons to the point where I got so upset at him. I went to find something to throw at him, but I didn't want to break anything. So I got a block of cream cheese, threw it at him, hit the wall. He says, Deb, how do you feel? <laughs> and I was like, I better. <laughs> so what he did was he has just had my back. He has helped me to become better, express myself. Marriage is about communication. Yeah, we might hurt each other a little bit along the way, but you know, it's it's we're rooted in friendship and we care about each other. We make each other laugh. And somehow it's working. And um, I'm grateful to have him in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love I love the fact that you guys are able to push each other without it being so fragile that it's going to break. Like that's very yeah. important to have. Like you just told that story about the cream cheese and he, he was pushing you. He was antagonizing you. I love it. Um, well, yeah. He's an instigator and gosh, darn it. My kids have that same characteristic. They like, they like to push a little bit, but you know what? That is just how we grow as an individual. So knowing how to push boundaries, have courage to say or do certain things while it might be annoying and oh my God, stop doing that. You're just being a pain in the rear end. But wait a second, we are building characteristics for individuals to know, to be able to have the courage to speak up and say what they're thinking. And also know how to laugh and, and just have good fun. So again, it is part of a relationship, but also our children are modeling the same behavior. They like to yeah. bust chops. We're originally from the East Coast. So Jersey people like to bust chops. So you have to have a thick skin in order to make fun of each other and make fun of life. And again, so far that seems to be working for us. So we'll, we'll keep doing that. <laughs> I love it. And you mentioned about values, similar values. What do yeah. you think the top top values are for you guys to have this relationship be so successful as it's been? Well, let's start. Thank you for that question from a place of, if you violate my values, who you never seen mom go through the roof, but really, I mean, I'm less steady, Eddie, nice and calm. You can hear from my voice, but if you lie to me, Ooh, that is so bad. Don't lie. Tell the truth. We'd rather to our children. We'd rather know the <laughs> truth than find out of it on television or somebody else. Tell the truth because you'll get such a better result. We'll say, okay, well, let's just talk about that. What was wrong about that? Let's see if we can recover from that. Don't tell, don't lie. So anyway, t- be truthful, be consistent. 
Don't be two-faced. Don't show up one way, honey, dearie, and then be evil and not nice over here. I think consistency of our personality is really important because that's all part of uh, building trust, whether it's a one-on-one relationship or the community. Uh, Take time for dinner. (laughs) Busy, crazy busy. Once you get into having a family or volunteer work, uh, et cetera, it's sometimes hard to slow down. But at least one or two days a week, we always sat down for dinner, 6, 6.30. Yes, we grilled everybody. How was your day? What's going on? I don't know if our children cherish it or avoided it, but it was that time we at least came together and communicate. Those are a couple, three. um, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's three. I could go on. I mean, having the courage (laughs) to speak up. I mean, that's, this is a broad one, have the courage to speak up because for so many years I was either put down or you shouldn't have said that or whatever. And I didn't have a support system to say, well, what could I have done differently? So now when my children act up or speak their mind or even in corporate, have the courage to say what needs to be said. And if it needs to be modified, be an environment that we can coach you and evolve you on how best to position something in order to get a different result. So speak up. You need to be heard. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it's, everyone's always looking for everyone else's opinions. And it's really the ones we have in ourselves that are the most important. So this whole speak up notion, where did that come from for you? Is that from when you were in corporate America? Is that from when you were like, what was that for you? So I love to share bits and pieces of this story. But again, there is a life lesson in here for people to, you have a voice. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully you can speak or through however mode that you can communicate, even if you have any disabilities, your voice, your expressiveness needs to be heard because society, (laughs) I'll talk to you in school. Again, I used to talk up. I wanted to say what was on my mind. I wanted to answer the questions. And while I was a delight and a bright person, education would say, keep quiet. You're disruptive. And then my child, my middle son, he would get up and walk across the room to communicate with somebody. He would be sent to the principal's office because he got up and was disruptive. All he wanted to do was express and communicate with somebody. Society squelches that. I was in corporate once and we were in a heated discussion with a group of people. I just said what came to mind and it was disruptive. You shouldn't have said that. But then they never told me, well, Deb, if you really, if this is what you were feeling, this might've been a different way to position it. Oh my God, no support system. I have always been expressive as you can see here right now. I always have something to say. People need to have the courage to continue to say what they need to and try to find places an environment <laughs> that welcomes your thought or evolve your thought and don't be discouraged. You can always come forward again. And that's how I coach and mentor other people because sometimes you're talented, you're smart, Jordan, you're smart. But sometimes did you say something and um, you got this like funny look on your face or you shouldn't have said that or people disagreed with you. I don't know you at that well, but then some people shrink and they lose their confidence. And I love working with people to say, Okay, there are different ways to get a different result if you're not in an environment that respects your thinking and what you have to say. So I would say as over the years, I've always wanted to speak up and always in search of the places and just having an opportunity to speak to you and your audience. I am overwhelmed with joy because I get to say what's on my mind and hopefully it resonates with you. So always been expressive, but to people out there, have the courage if you've got something to say, keep saying it because there's somebody out there that really cares about what you have to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I could not agree more because when we're silenced, it never, you're not taking up space. You're not holding people back. You're actually not helping them. 
which is what people need to understand because there is a bigger impact here. So for you, where does, when you were uh, going through high school and uh, graduating, where, where was your, what were your dreams at that time? <laughs> Generationally, I'll have to say at that time, the path forward was you get a good education, you get a good job so you can make money and move up the corporate ladder, which is typically the glide path. And you know what? That wasn't so bad for me. I did just that. I moved into an engineering role. I worked in many different industries and operations. I was recognized for the good work, moving from simply an individual contributor as a quality engineer, ultimately to being a vice president of quality and also at times operational excellence because I got the results. So I did what was expected of me. And you know what? It was a great ride, a really great ride, made good money. I learned a lot. I traveled the world. I got chances to try out new things and work out, met some great people. Some of my first consulting clients came out of past relationships I had. So it was great. But in the last couple of years, I felt different. I was not getting fulfilled. I was doing things that maybe were met with resistance. I was just going through the motions and getting the results, but it didn't feel complete. So I'll pause there. So it was great. But there comes a point somewhere in your career, it could be early, could be later. My children are finding it earlier in their life. They're meant to do something different. So even though I'm a little bit older right now, though I'm still 32 at heart, <laughs> I have a whole lifetime of things I want to do differently than what I did before. I love that. And yeah. for you, what gave you the awareness to realize that there's more out there? Because there's so many... People like corporate America is a majority of people right. working. So when people have that experience, they just think, oh, the next thing's a promotion. It's not even, I can look at another company, go somewhere else. It's just like, what's the next level? What's the next level? So where did you have the awareness to go? Okay, maybe I can step away and go about this a completely different way and kind of find what, what makes me feel fulfilled. So great question. And there's a couple things that came together at the same time. I will tell you, and every leader has this, I was having, having some great challenges at work. I mean, I was being tested for my leadership skills. There were quality issues in different parts of the business, lots of pressure to continue to get results, even though there were some different issues. And I remember coming home and speaking to my friend, my, my husband saying, something's got to change. I can't keep up this pace. I mean, I pride myself in having so much energy. I had a great team around me doing the work that needed to be done, but I was tired and I couldn't keep up the pace. And I just said, something's got to change because sometimes having an adult beverage in the evening and having a conversation, a good night's sleep will fix stuff. A run, a walk can diffuse everything and life is better. I couldn't get beyond that. I was continually feeling stressed and couldn't calm down. I wasn't whole. And I know you, you and I talked about that. Yeah. Something's got to change. And I continued. And then there was a point where the business said, we need to change. And so I left the business. I was given a package to leave. And I'll say that the best thing that ever happened to me, and I respect this, they probably needed a different leader than I. However, I have a following. I have people that then followed me and stayed with me. As I said, what's next? 
And then I said, wait a second, I am talented. I listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books, did a lot of soul searching, walking, running. My kids started talking to themselves. Hey, mom, do you know mom walked 10 miles today? Is mom okay? But you need (laughs) that time. I know I did a lot of walking, but I needed some time to say, you know what? I can do this. I mean, I'm listening to the podcast, listening to entrepreneurs, reading books about people doing it. And it's like, what's holding me back? And then I said, it's just me. There's nobody else holding me back at this point. So I was like, wow, I can do this. And so (laughs) Illumination Partners, November 2018, I pushed the button, became an LLC and started networking. And within six months, I had two or three gigs, which is highly unusual. Built on my old relationships, it almost came easy. Realized this is the work I'm meant to do, not just serving people, but also a lot of leadership development, et cetera. Um, And then I'm growing and then I'm learning. And then I said, I want to speak. I started my own podcast. I was tired of chasing people to have speaking opportunities. I just all of a sudden blew up. I just blew up and who I was and was meant to be just started flourishing to here we are today. Talk about amazing over three years. You and I are talking today. Three years ago, I'm in corporate sweating it. Amazing how things happen, but I am so grateful for where I'm at now. I love it. I can hear it in your voice. This is absolutely beautiful. I appreciate that. Uh, It's incredible to hear. And I want to take a moment to make everyone realize what you just said right there. I was chasing after people for speaking engagements. And then I said, no more. I start my own speaking engagement. I stand up and people will listen. If they don't, cool. If they do, cooler. It doesn't matter because it's about me improving my skills. And that is one of the best things about the podcast. And I've talked about this numerous times on different episodes that the ability to have the podcast is not about the listeners. It's There's an element of that, but there's also an element of we get to have this incredible conversation. We get to build the connection. And then also it builds out your digital legacy. For down the line, when people ask, oh, what was Deborah doing 25 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years? Who's Deborah? Like, who is Deborah? Like, these could be your great, 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 great grandkids. And there's like, hey, it's, it's on Spotify. <laughs> it's on Apple Music. Check it out. <laughs> it's yeah, incredible. I- I mean, that's in line with even the tagline is I I have a video on my uh, website um, and it's one of the last things I said, it's not about, you know, providing a service. It's about leaving a lasting impact. And so that's what I do. I go in and service leaders and I will solve their business issues with my technical ability. But what's different about the drop-in CEO brand is it's, I remember a CEO that came into my company once and the, yes, they helped us out of a mess. We might've folded. Eventually we went IPO, but ultimately it was how he elevated our skills and showed us how we could do things to achieve a different result. So that's what I do is I'll solve the issue with the people. I'll partner. I'm not just the consultant dictating. I will do the work with them, build that relationship. And I was like, wow, do you realize you can do this? I give them confidence. I show them different ways of doing things. People are better because of us working together in a business. That's the difference. That's the beautiful work I get to do. And then they become fans of the podcast. (laughs) And But it's all about leaving that legacy. And again, I also, you know, I used to think it was my children that, you know what, my purpose in life was to raise amazing children because they're going to change history. And then I had a mindset shift. I said, wait a second, I still have time. (laughs) I had the ability to connect with different people and connect with humanity. And that's what I'm meant to do. 
I love it. That, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And it's amazing to see how vibrant you are speaking about it as well. And the other thing is that that outside perspective that you provide, because when you're in the nuts and bolts, like in what you're doing with Illuminum Partners, you're in it all the time. Not you, but the CEOs themselves are in the business all the time. So to give that outside perspective, beyond valuable. I appreciate that. And if I could just add on to that, one of the different perspectives I provide, and this is really the crux of the CEO's compass, your guide to get back on track is as leaders, we are conditioned. We've got to get a result. There is EBITDA. There is our you know, profitability. There is top line growth. We have all of these numbers. We have to get a result. Stakeholders, shareholders judge us because of the results we get. And then leaders have success. And when they don't, they change the leaders, they reorg, et cetera. The thing that people don't realize is we should not be chasing results, but we should be seeking peace of mind, which is a difference. Watching our children achieve great results and being productive citizens is really peace of mind for myself as a parent. If they didn't get an A on a report card, that is just a result. But look at all the people out there that got A's on the report card. And yes, we celebrate people that do well in education, but sometimes they're not happy. But you have children that go out and do volunteerism. My elder son, he went and spoke in Taiwan in front of a group of people speaking about the voice of youth in setting economics and policy and diplomacy, et cetera. Oh, my. The greater outcome is having productive citizens in society, not the A on the report card. So back to the leaders, I ask you to think about changing your mindset because this is my aha, is that stop chasing the result. You're only going to get a short-term satisfaction. Ask people or talk about what is the outcome we want in business and then ask people, how are we going to get there? People come with their minds, their creativity versus heads down and getting a result. Because if you do that, you're going to get the same thing over and over again. And that's how strategies fall apart. So I know I got on a soapbox a little bit, but what I wanted to share was I because you are speaking to leaders and businesses, I'd like to just interject and get people to think a little differently. Yes, results are important, but that's not the end all be all. Your true north is peace of mind. So I'll let that simmer that, there. That's <laughs> fascinating. It, it yeah. really is fascinating because I was actually reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty yesterday. Mm. I, I mm-hmm. just opened the book and it talks about that same concept of People are always chasing material items. People are always looking to do these things. But no, the monks are the happiest because they have the peace of mind. They might not have anything, but they sit there and they can meditate for hours on end. And it gives you that stillness and that feeling. And that's why, to me, what you said was even more impactful because I was like, wow, she's got it validated by that. This makes a lot of sense. It is. And I'll just add something because this, again, I'm still evolving. We should always be evolving as leaders. I used to journal a little bit and do that gratitude journal. And yes, we should be grateful. So that does come with that stillness or walking. And again, I just advocate for leaders. If you're just in the grind and going, whether you're still in a corporate role and and that's amazing too, or on your own as a business owner, you got to pause and reflect. You got to stop sometimes. I too am a victim of go, go, go. And my husband, again, bless my husband, says, Deb, you do, you realize you've worked for 13 days straight, even in my own business. I was like, ah. He was right. (laughs) I have 
to slow down a little bit, but more importantly, again, and you probably read this in books is start writing down what's going well, because you can have a pity party. I've had a bunch of them start writing down what's going well. Cause if you put your focus on what's going well in life, those little moments of pity kind of, mm, okay, you're gone. <laughs> this is what's going right. And that's what kind of pulls you in the direction you're going, whether it's creating a podcast, building your own business or your career, what's going right. I will. That's incredible because it even relates to me further. Um, three days ago, I wrote down this list of 10 goals that I wanted mm -hmm. by the end of the year. So there are right. three month goals. And then what I did was I'm like, wow, that's cool. You look at them. It, it's, I've done that before, but like, how are you going to push the envelope forward? Mm -hmm. So what I did was I basically made an Excel sheet and it's my accountability Excel sheet. And each day I write down. So like one of the goals is to have like a very simple goal, but from now to the end of the year, it's to have one podcast published a week. It's not a, it's not a hard goal. It's, but you got to have the meeting set up. You got to have the thing set up. So each day I write down what worked towards that podcast. So like today I have this podcast help towards that goal, but you write it down at the end of the day. And like you were saying, it gives you that feel good moment and you don't get stuck in that person said no to me. That person told me to kick rocks that told like, you don't get stuck in these rejections and fears because you know, you're pushing forward. So I, yeah. I just want to validate that. I, I actually got off track for the last couple months not doing that. But because we are who we are and we want to do a lot of different things, you do need that accountability. And I would do that daily, weekly, monthly. And had I not done that, I might not have been on the podcast. I might not have had some speaking events. The book never would have gotten written. So, that, so tell us yeah. about the book. What's going okay. on with the book? When was this released? What's the purpose of the book? Who should be reading it? Tell us what's okay. going on with the book. So uh, release in August of 2021. I know we don't like to date these, but hey, let's celebrate. It got written. It got out there. I'm now speaking about it, guesting on it. But really, the book is all of my experience to give leaders a framework when they're off track. You know, you can read, I mean, you know, tractions on my bookshelf right now. What are, what are the approaches to scale businesses or what should you do? You know, here's how to write a vision statement, a purpose statement, all of that. There are so many great leadership books that tell you what to do, but mine, there are very few books that combine personal development. Like you as a leader need to take some time to evaluate who you are and do you know how to ask really hard questions of yourself? And then I combine it with my best how to get you back on track. And what I found over time was True North became the northernmost compass point. And yes, there are chapters on how to evolve the people and the process and the tools or platforms. And yes, people have to have purpose and performance metrics. And I define actually all of those a little bit differently. I'm different than normal corporate. But I also found that leaders often miss if you're growing a company, acquiring other business units, they don't take time to look at the past of the people, which is their culture, as well as looking the, at pride. And when I say pride, it's the people's gifts or their intellectual property and the humanity, because sometimes we gloss over these things. So anyway, there are eight compass points with true north being peace of mind, and everyone is human centric. I have found, and I have also interviewed amazing leaders, those that invest in 
building up the capability of the people in the organization, removing the barriers, developing them, aligning the people. You as a leader don't have to have the answers. You shouldn't have the answers. You should be asking more questions. All of that is built in the book so that a leader can say, okay, I don't feel on track. I'm not, I don't have peace of mind. Where in my business have I not done certain things? And then just like a book or a game, you can say, okay, I'm going to work on this chapter, work on that chapter, and some in, con- in concert. And ultimately, you start feeling the ship get back to, I can breathe now. And that's peace of mind. The book had to get written to capture my my experience because I didn't have a playbook. I didn't have a compass. And now I'm handing the compass off to leaders that are talented and feel off track and need to get back to peace of mind. That's why I wrote the book. Amazing. The action steps in it sound awesome. It's a guide. Because, I mean, yeah, you have to. Yeah. It has the references because I'm saying most books, it might be uh, a story. It might be some elements. But to really have those full action steps, like you're feeling this, let's try this. You're feeling this, let's do that. That it makes it a timeless book. So uh, I just want to commend you on that. And I appreciate that because thank you because you and I talk about holistic leadership. Um, you can't separate the here's how we conduct a, a performance review. Here's what we do for business and how the leader is feeling because unless the leader is whole and they ha- know what good looks like or they have an outcome they want to achieve or they know how to ask the right questions, they feel comfortable developing their people. All it is then is just activity with nothing behind it. So the book talks to the leader as well about how they should think and how they can move forward their mindset as well before they can enable and fix or help the mindset or the abilities of their people. So it's for the leader and what they need to do. Yeah. Helping the people for, we, we, yeah, we, like Mm -hmm. you said, we were just talking about that where we have to be right before we go out into the world and go try to help other people. Because if we're not operating at a high level, it's not going to work well. So for you, you also mentioned about, because there's a couple more things I want to touch on before Mm -hmm. this ends. You mentioned about curling nonprofits. We'll dive into those. And the reason for that is because with my company, Edwards Consulting, it covers mental health, physical health, community service, philanthropy, family, friends, and spirituality. And I'm feeling like you're excelling at all these. So I kind of want to just dive into it a little bit more. So in regard to the physical health athlete element of curling, where did you get started with curling? What What's going on with that? So curling, yes. Curling, just to, so people who are listening, if you're not familiar with it, it is truly an Olympic sport, a winter Olympic sport. It's played all over the world. Yes, people in the United States play it. It's not just Canadians or the Scottish, et cetera. So I started with curling um, actually kind of like my husband started first, we were just kind of, we've been raising our kids, bring them to baseball games, you know, dance lessons, homework and all of that. And I realized they needed a life other than just being a parent and work. So, um, the person who hired me in one of my positions into the fragrance industry, she was a curler. And so one evening we got friendly with them outside of work. They says, we'd like you to try curling. And I said, no, I'm still getting my eldest son, (laughs) just getting his applications into college. But a year later I tried it and oh my, did it hurt? (laughs) And I fell and it was exercising muscles. I'd never done talk about getting down into a hack and then 
lunging forward. If you don't like lunges, you better get to like these things. There is an element of um, the challenge of trying something new, which I needed. I needed to take back something for myself. There is the physical being of one having to be very flexible in order to deliver a stone. You don't have to be super strong, but then the high intensity aerobics of sweeping the stone because it micro melts the, the ice so that the stone glides longer. It is heavy aerobics for which then as you walk back, you have to recover. So you do get a physical workout, two hours you play a game. You can burn up to 600 calories. People might want to consider that as another ways to physical health, but then um, the community, it is a great community of people. You walk into any curling club, just like the old show, cheers, come on in, have a drink. You feel like you're home. You feel that in every club that you go to. And then the sportsmanship, whatever it is, you always say good shot. And even if it's not a great shot, you're supportive of each other. And then it's a social. I mean, when you're done, we broomstack and broomstack means you sit down, you have a beverage, you have something to eat. You get to know the other team for about an hour before parting ways. So all of that is built into the culture, but also curling and business are closely related as well. So love it. It's community. It's social. It is an athletic sport. So that you're selling me on it. I've never done curling before. Where do you but live? I want to do curling. Where, where do you live again? I, I, I'm in Tampa, Florida. I don't know if there's a curling area. There nearby. might be, but there's definitely no. There's definitely a curling club in Orlando, Florida. I bet you there's one in Tampa. I'll get you one. But you can definitely cross <laughs> it off your bucket list. The Olympics are coming up February 2022. You will find a lot of pe- uh, clubs advertising. Come out and throw a few stones. At least you can say you did it. I'll get that for you. Amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So tell me what's going on. What happened in 2017 with your (sighs) curling story and where that all happened? And the other part I want to add, guys, that's really cool and to the audience is that what's going on with Deborah is she wasn't just sitting there in her complacency being like, I have this good job. My kids are going to college. She took the initiative to say, I need a life. I need to create something for me, not in a negative way, but it's in a way that a lot of people listening might feel because there are so many other expectations of us where we can't really focus on ourselves and it it becomes quote unquote selfish, but no, it's empowering you to be the best version in everywhere else. So Jordan, just thank you for asking that question. It is a fond memory of mine. And it's one of those things that Um, I, in 2017 at Notre Dame, um, was the 2017 arena curling nationals. And just to give some context, people that don't have a dedicated club or where we play our sport, sharing the ice with hockey players and ice skaters, it's challenging sometimes to get ice time, uh, to be able to develop our craft. But, uh, I had the good fortune of being with, uh, team Penny, Monique Penny, myself, Janet Clifford Brown and Stephanie Simpson. We were the best women curlers in our club. We actually had experience, uh, previously at dedicated clubs. And we've been curling together on and off for three or four years. This was our fifth year together. And we were playing the round robin, et cetera. And I remember, because our men's team was there as well, they came down to us and they said, guys, because this is after we won a game and we're trying to get to the finals. He said, you guys are firing on all pistons. I said, what do you mean? You are firing on all pistons. You guys could go all the way. And just that 
outside perspective was just something that clicked with us. We were playing well. We were communicating well. There's a lot of communication about where do we think the stone is going to land? How much should we sweep? You have to communicate. It's a team sport. There's four people on the team. But I never realized, I never had the mindset, you can go all the way. And so it was like, okay, so that's cool. Thank you. We appreciate that and all. And we were doing well. But when you start shifting your mindset a little bit, we could go all the way. We made it to the gold medal round. And in the end, we lost by one point, but we got a silver medal. And it was like, this is the greatest thrill of my life. We got a silver medal. Now my, my teammates, they were upset. They didn't get the gold. We lost by a point. I'm saying, wait a second. We just won the silver. And I went up to the other team and I congratulated them. We were both good teams, played our hardest. It's just the way the things go. But just the lesson from this, first of all, the personal achievement. Okay, so I feel amazing about it. I don't forget that. But there is a lesson in there about knowing you can't go all the way with the right conditions and the right mindset. And so I celebrate and tell that story all the time. Again, yes, it was rooted in curling. We had a nice beverage after we won the silver medal. But you know what? It is about that teamwork communication and that putting yourself out there to achieve great things. So I loved it. It was an amazing time. That's awesome. And and it's working towards a goal. Like for us, we need to focus on goal orientation. Like there's always a goal element to it. Like for myself, Mm -hmm. I'm training for the New York City Marathon, November 7th. So I had to run 19 miles yesterday. (laughs) Like it's a lot, but you got to work towards that goal. So achieving that goal is absolutely incredible. And I could see the smile and it doesn't come from not having the hard work there too. It is a lot of hard work and kudos to you for the marathon. I did also train for a half marathon. I'm not really fast, but there is just something about turning that corner or, oh my God, I did the 19 models prepping for 23 there. It is such a high because, and then you don't need accolades from other people. It's certainly great when somebody there is at the finish line or, you know, can I get you something after running 19 miles? But, oh, just personal accomplishment is just so critical to everything that you do. Even if it's outside of the workplace or your business, really important to rebuild the soul because then you can show up and just, as you say, like right now, I'm excited about this conversation, bringing it forward and how you show up in the world. That's what's going to build the success uh, in what you do. Absolutely. So, The last element, uh, community service philanthropy. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the not because you mentioned about nonprofits, some boards you're on. Uh, elaborate on that, and why do you choose to be on these boards? Like, what what does it do for you? What does it do for the groups? What what do you look for in that? I, I have never been asked that question before, but if I could reflect upon, there's there's two dimensions of when I volunteered my services. And um, one, it started with my children. So we were active parents in Girl Scouting and Boy Scouting. My husband was ultimately a cub and pack master in Boy Scouts, and I became the den leader and ultimately the committee board member. And as I'm talking through this, at least at that level, sometimes when we see things not being run as well as they can, you can't just complain about it. You got to step up. 
So we saw an opportunity because my husband and I, I'm highly organized. My husband is a ringleader and getting people excited, et cetera. We dove into volunteerism and we were able to grow organizations, see people get their merit, their merit badges, people reach Eagle Scout, et cetera. So we were able to give back just because we said there's a better way and we would like to help out. And so um, grateful for that volunteerism, but now it is also about giving back. So I am on the board of the Women in Flavor and Fragrance Commerce, an amazing community to support the education, networking, and elevation of women. So I do also mentor a few people because they're talented, but sometimes they might not have a mentor or a coach. I give back to share my experience with others. I'm also with the American Society for Quality, my technical area of expertise. And in there, not only am I on, I participate on the board, I set up the educational programs and I also mentor other professionals. So it's a matter of, I have now some experience and organization skills. There's that thrill of being able to help the next generation person, you know, whether it's their confidence, how can they show up and deliver a presentation or just deliver great content or be organized to elevate an organization. It is that fulfillment of helping others and being with people that appreciate you and say, thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. The major point of, you brought up two major points there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not complaining without a solution, providing yes. the solution. And mm-hmm. then the second one is helping those who are eager to be helped. Because there's so many, yes. like the, with the mentorship and saying to thank you, because there's so many people that are out there that are hungry for the information, but they might not take you up on it because they don't want to, deal with this or they don't want to deal with that. And you want the people who are eager there to learn. So that sounds incredible. Yeah. that You just brought up a really good point is because sometimes we put out information, we train people, people didn't come to my seminar. They didn't say anything about the talk. Don't take it too personally. Yes. There's always an opportunity to um, improve how you show up, but sometimes you're not with the people that value what you do. And I've learned that lately. And when you do find the person that gets you and you resonate, it negates all of those people. And, and you do have to continue to persist forward. And if you if what you say doesn't resonate here, try someplace else, have the courage to experiment. You will find people and I potentially have a client that really loves the book and wants to engage with me. So keep going. I, yeah, <laughs> it's spot on because there's so many people, you got to land them on the right day at the right time at the right yeah. message where yeah. they're receptive to listening. Yeah, And it's really setting people up for that. So I appreciate you bringing up that it's it can be difficult at times and it does take time and it, it does take growth. Yeah. But I, I just so you know, I really appreciate these questions. And again, you know, um, during this interview here, just asking, yes, what's my story? What are my thought leadership? But, you know, it's also important, I think, just in these relationships, just ask those different kinds of questions, dig deeper into who that person is. You find people light up. When you ask them these personal things that give them joy. So thank you. (laughs) You're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I I appreciate you coming on here and sharing with us and hearing the story. Because if we don't do this, like, so this could be an example for the audience. As you dive through and speak to different people and see people light up in different ways, if you dive into that, you'll understand what makes them tick and makes them happy. So I know you're obsessed with it. Like, I know you love the curling. I know you love the business. Like, we might know that from the outside, but really diving in and hearing your story of, you got to hear what happened here. Like, that's good stuff. That's incredible. 
Yeah, it is, it's like peeking behind the curtain, what's behind that brand. So it's, thank you for the opportunity, Jordan. Absolutely. So yeah. Deborah, where can people find you? Where can they find the CEO's compass? I'll put the links in the bio, but just where can people reach you if they want to reach out to you? All right. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation and share with your listeners. You've been a great host. But uh, the easiest first place to go to is my website, dropinceo.com. That's D-R-O-P-I-N-C-E-O.com. There is a link to my book that you can go to Amazon or other outlets to order it. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn. Search Deborah Coviello, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And also the drop-in CEO. That's my brand uh, getting a lot of traffic to your point, all that content going out into the world makes me highly searchable. So uh, thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to just having a conversation. Don't worry about, let's set up a 30-minute meeting. Let's just start connecting, chatting with each other to get to know each other because you never know where these relationships go. So thank you again. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clock. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.